I've been thinking this week and looking at some verses and listening to some messages and there's a quote that A.W. Tozer wrote in one of his books. It's in the first page of, I think it's called The Knowledge of the Holy. And he, he says, whatever you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And I remember reading that and, and sharing that with young people, and, and it still is pretty powerful. And oftentimes when we think about God, we'll think about the creator. We'll think, we'll, we'll even share that with people. Like, well, he's the creator of the universe. He's this, he's that. And really what his heart is, he wants us to say, he's my father. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You hear that theme a lot this, this morning, and it was just such a neat thing. That's what the Lord's been on my heart of. He's our father. He wants us to, first and foremost, before, he, he was our father before he created the, the heavens and the earth. He was, he was our father before he created the universe. He's the father first. He was the father knowing he's going to create, knowing that he's going to have many children. But that's where he starts, his father. I want us to just continue to have that in our mindset that he's our father. We sing that song, he's a good father. Amen. Now, when we speak of father, we can have, you can be seated, we can have all kinds of thoughts all kinds of different thoughts that go when you say father and sometimes when you say that word people don't have a great thought right off the bat but he's a good father he's happy church <laughs> we we sometimes think that god's just this angry god sitting up there and, and 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 honestly the church for a long time has kind of preached that message that you know there's the probably one of the most popular messages was sinners in the hand of an angry god and that was a one of the most popular messages for many years what God's not angry. Are you sure of that? God's not angry. He loves you. Amen. He's your father. Amen. Stephanie said, when she sees her little girls, Daddy, Mommy, Daddy. That's what he wants. Amen. Running and jumping up in his lap. Yes. You. you don't do that when you think your father's angry. Right. Right. You just don't. You're, he's this God out there, and you, and you better be careful because we don't know what kind of mood daddy's in. Right. How many grew up like that? Right. You see dad driving up. What's the look on his face? How did he drive up? How did the door close? I mean, yeah. our God, our dad, our father is happy. Yeah. <laughs> he's happy. He loves us. He's in a good mood. Yeah. Amen. It's kind of where we're going to be going on. You, you hear this, we're, we're going through the Beatitudes, and you see the, the blessings that come from our attitudes, right? Yes. Now we're going into, Jesus says, you have heard it said. That's kind of what we're talking about. You can ask people, what do you think about when you think about God? That's, you've heard it said. How many of you know unsaved um, family members, friends, people you've come in contact with, they haven't read the Bible, but they've heard it said. Yeah. Well, this is what God's like. This is what I heard. How many of you know that a lot of times those things aren't real accurate? Amen. Have you ever met someone that, that said, oh, I heard about you. You're a lot different than what I heard. <laughs> right? And you're like, wow, what did you hear? <laughs> and, and maybe we could have given someone some ammunition, right? Not saying that that can't happen too. But God's not angry. Right. We're going to get into this in about six different opportunities for, for a period of time that you're going to hear Jesus say, you've heard it said, but I say. You've heard it said, but I say. You've heard it said. 
you're going to see through this that this, you've heard it said, and, and it, was, it was right. They had been handed down laws. They had been handed down traditions. And the, the people of that time and their culture, they weren't highly educated. So it was a lot of passed down from being told. Jesus says, you've heard it said, but I say. Jesus takes this whole thing, and it goes from religion to heart. Christianity, if you could sum it up, it's a, it's a religion of the heart. It was a re- unfortunately, we get in a lot of trouble when we make it a religion of laws. It's a religion, most people think it's a religion of do's and don'ts. Most, most non-Christian people can tell you what Christians are supposed to do and not do. Right? Have you ever heard, well, Christians aren't supposed to do that. Well, how would you know? They have heard it said. Right? So... So in doing that, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to, our, our main text is, um, so funny, I wrote in my notes, Matthew 25. <laughs> I gave that to Beth, I'm like, yeah, it's not 25. <laughs> so Matthew 5, verses 20 through 26, but I want to, um, and I've intentionally put verses 20 because I want this to re- be a reminder of, of what Jesus just said and, and where he's going. So verse 20 says, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you were even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on the way to court with your adversary, Settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you've paid the last penny. Now, I like to be free. Who wants to be free? We're going to have to let go of some stuff quickly. We're going to have to work some stuff out. Amen? Amen? Yay! This is an exciting message. <laughs> you guys are so excited. I think you may be more excited than I am about this. Jesus is saying, you've heard it said, but I say. What is he speaking of at this point? He's speaking of the law said, thou shalt not kill. In the King James, really the, the, what the word means is thou shalt not murder. It means take innocent life. We obviously know that in battle and in, in wars, you may have to kill. You may have to kill defending your family or your own life. And nobody wants to do that, but the law's not against that, and Jesus isn't against that. Murder is a completely different thing. That's innocent. You've heard it said, but I say. Point one Jesus is not adding his own beliefs, he is given the understanding of why God made the law in the first place. He's basically showing you the heart. 
He's going from this law to here's the heart of God. Here's the heart of my father. Here's my heart. Amen? So the Pharisees, they did not understand the intent of the law. They just didn't, they were the enforcers. They brought the law. This is what it says. Check the box. Right? But they didn't understand the intent. So Jesus takes us past the letter to the heart. Aren't you happy for that? Amen. It, don't we all want to know, like, there's some rules and some things out there, and you're like, what's that about? Right? Isn't it a lot easier when you understand the heart? How do you like when someone tells you something, and there's no thought or heart behind it? It's just, here's a law. Right. I don't know about you, but I don't like those. Amen. Like, I just kind of naturally have like, well, why not? <laughs> what? Don't hit that button. Why not? Like, now I'm like, I got to hit the button. <laughs> so Jesus doesn't want this just don't do this, don't do that. He wants us to know the heart behind it. Amen? Amen. That's a good father. Amen. Amen? Amen? You've heard. This is what he says. You have heard, not you have read. You have heard. Now, we can do the same thing. We can have all of these ideas and thoughts about our father. Because we've heard or we've seen. We grew up in a family and this is what they said. And this is how they told us. We grew up in a church and this is what they said. How many grew up in a church? And I did. I grew up in a church and man, God was not happy. Amen. He just wasn't. He was mad. And if you screwed up, look out. The wrath of God is coming. And you want no part of that. That's how I grew up. Now, that's what I had heard. But a beautiful thing happened when I got to go to Teen Challenge, and I got to go. <laughs> I got to read the word between me and him and have him speak into my life. And what he did was so different than what I had heard. Amen. How many had that encounter? This is so different. And you could sit in churches and even go, that's not how he, that's not what I heard. That's what you're saying. Jesus is saying that, like, look. You have heard, not you have read. And, and where it was read, the spirit behind it was so completely missed. You can read something, but without the heart behind it or without the spirit of the Lord in it, it's just rules and letters. And that is not what Jesus is after. This is a religion of relationship. Christianity is a relationship and a religion of the heart, yes. not the rule. And God said that all through the Old Testament. I don't look at the outside. I look at the, I look at the man's heart. Amen. Is there rules? Yeah. Why? Because God loves us and he doesn't want us poisoned. He doesn't want us sticking our hand in a wood chipper. Amen. Like a good father. Amen? Amen? Now Jesus is saying... You have heard it said, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder. Jesus is saying, you shouldn't become angry enough to murder. How many has been angry enough to kill somebody? Be honest. You maybe even said, oh my Lord, I could kill them. Amen. Don't deal with Lowe's in their blind department. I'm just saying. They may challenge that. <laughs> just... This one's, this one's probably not on Facebook, so we're good. <laughs> you guys are supposed to be the rowdier bunch, too. You can handle it. Just say, there's some, there's some times in our life, that, and that's what Jesus is saying, is it's not like you don't get to check the box because I didn't kill him. If you were angry enough, you don't get to check the box. 
Why? Because it's from the heart. And there's this little verse. It's so awesome. Out of the abundance. Ooh, right? So we got to guard this thing. We got to protect this thing. Jesus is letting us know it's not about this rule. It's about your heart. Amen? Jesus goes next level. We all think that, like, in most of the, the New Testament church, we look and we go, oh, we're under the age of grace. We're just under the age of grace. It's grace, 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 grace. Right? I mean, I love grace. I need it. I can't function without it. However, living under the grace, Jesus said, you've heard the law says, don't murder. I say, if you hold anger in your heart, you're guilty of murder. That's next level stuff. Right? Like, I could check the box. I didn't murder him. Oh. Oh, get an eraser. Right? He goes next level. He, and he's going to do this. He's going, look, that, it's not about this law that you got right. It's about your heart. And this is going to be such an uncomfortable journey for most of us for about whew, five or six weeks. But, but the Lord wants our heart so tender and so right before him that he's willing to tell us the truth. Amen? Amen. Murder under the old covenant was shedding innocent blood. But under the new covenant, Jesus forbids character assassination <coughs> and murdering a person's reputation. And murdering their integrity with negative words. Next level. <laughs> I didn't kill them. What would you say about them? You just murdered their character. You murdered their integrity. You murdered their reputation. That's next level stuff. How you like grace. Because the grace of God teaches us to not sin. If you read in Titus, that's what grace does. Grace takes us to the next level. Thank God, right? We want to be free. I want to be, and he wants us so free that our hearts are so free that we go running to dad, right? Not running away from him. Jesus knew that anger, and I'm qualified to preach this message just so you know. <laughs> Jesus knew that anger, jealousy, hatred, and malice were all roots with the capacity to produce the fruit of murder. Every one of those have a root of murder in it if you leave it unchecked. How many people have been murdered because of jealousy? How many people have been murdered because there was anger? How many people have been murdered from bitterness? It was left unchecked. He's going to the heart. <laughs> you can't check the box. I want you to deal with this stuff before it ever gets a chance to grow. Amen. Sin will grow. 
We're going to look at a, at a passage. The first, Adam and Eve, they sinned in the garden just with their will and their choice. What did it do in the next generation? First murderer. It grows. That's why you got to get rid of sin so quick. We need to deal with it quickly. And it's in here. Let go of it quickly. If you can get that fixed, get it fixed on your way to the... Leave your sacrifice here. Don't talk to me about all that. Go make that right. Right? right. Amen. How many of you have tried it? How many of you like me have tried to... I'm just going to leave that alone. But we're good, right? right. No. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. No matter how hard we want this to be right, like it's their fault. Yeah. We're not good. That's right. Go make it right. Then we're good. Grace, it's beautiful. Amen. See, in the law, it didn't matter. I didn't kill him. We're good. <laughs> right? We can all do that. We, people say, oh, the law was so hard. No, it wasn't. See, it's impossible. I'm just going to let you in on something. These next six weeks, the next six things that you, it's impossible. It's flat out impossible. Amen. <sighs> Is that encouraging? <laughs> it, but it is. It's impossible. It, we need Jesus. Amen. We need him. Amen. We need his power. We need his strength. How could you do it without being filled? Amen. Amen. Man, I got to have, if you baptize me every day, Amen. fresh and anew, because this is what he's saying it's supposed to look like. And guess what? He did it. Right he did it. But it's not possible. Not without him. Not without his Holy Spirit speaking to you and encouraging you and convicting you and strengthening you and you realizing I'm a son. It's in my DNA. It is possible, but it ain't easy. Thou shall not kill. That's Exodus 20:13. But it's based on the principle, thou shalt not hate. Which is based on the principle, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. Right? right? How are we not going to do? Because I got to love. He loves me. He has dumped me full of love. And I'm supposed to dump love out all over all kinds of folks every single day. Everyone I come in contact with. I'm supposed to see them as brothers and sisters. Right. If I see him as father, right. I have a lot of brothers and sisters right. who I love Amen. and who I see doing all kinds of kingdom work. Amen. It's been so cliche and like a popular thing for probably 20 years. Oh, it's kingdom, the kingdom. It's the kingdom this, the kingdom that. Kingdom, kingdom. It's all kingdom. Amen. I spent time with my boys in the garage clearing out our garage. That's not really kingdom. But the time with my boys, Amen. encouraging them, speaking, doing this and that, that's kingdom. Amen. Loving one another, Amen. seeing each other's gifts, appreciating yes. a guy who's out picking up your garbage. Right. Yes. That's kingdom. He's helping you. He's not any better. There's no this in the kingdom. Oh, you're this big, tall guy with all this money and you're this garbage guy. You're all helping one another. We're, we're kids. That's kingdom. We're to love one another. Amen. 
It's not, oh, this is the kingdom, like I'm doing ministry. This is kingdom, and I'm, no. That's not God's heart. Amen. There's not this level, that level. Sons and daughters of the living God. Amen. Thank you. We can't, I can't hate any of you. Amen. <laughs> That's not kingdom. Amen. Love. Amen. Love the Lord your God with what? All. All. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we love ourselves a lot. <laughs> 1 John 3, 15 and 16. This word here says, anyone who hates. Another what? Brother and sister. Is really a murder at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Ooh. We know what, what? Real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for who? Our brothers and sisters. And if we have a true understanding of God the Father... We see a lot of brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen? Look at the words. Anyone. <laughs> All. Hmm. I don't see no loopholes there. The Pharisees were constantly looking for loopholes. Constantly. They're, I think they really thought that as long as they didn't murder him, it's okay. Think about this. What did they do? They wanted Jesus gone bad. So what did they come up with? We'll have someone else do it. We'll pay them. We'll have someone else do it. We'll be, we won't be, still be able to check the box. Right? It is not about that. Anyone who hates another brother is really a murderer. That's, uh, that's John speaking of Jesus, and John is quoting in, in, from this passage we're studying. Jesus really wants us to understand the Father's heart. He so wants us to understand. In my journey of studying and dealing with anger, um, one of the verses that really, I used to think, which is really dumb. Most of us believe some dumb things. I believe that understanding really didn't matter. Understanding what happened in my past, understanding this, that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. Just deal with it. Amen. <laughs> right? Most guys, are we, or girls too? What's it matter to go look at that? I don't need to understand all the psychology and wackety, wackety, whack. <laughs> this is where we're at. Deal with it. That's not biblical. Amen. And it's stupid. <laughs> Jesus wants, to, wants us to understand Proverbs 14, 29 says, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. There's some understanding that needs to happen. If you want to get a grip on the anger, you better start looking at some understanding, some whys, hows, what's. It's the only way. Like, you can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. I know. 
Lord, take this. You've taken all this other stuff. Take it. Like, do the hocus pocus, whatever stuff you do. Do it. But he took me to Ephesians. And there's a principle that comes. He says, if he talks about going to bed angry and he talks about words that you speak, but there's a principle right after that that he showed me. And it's an actual, you have to do something. He says, if you were a thief and you stole from people, he said, begin to work with your hands, those same hands that you stole things from. Begin to work with your hands and then go make money and give to people in need. There's a principle. There's some action involved. Just take it. And thank God he's, he does that stuff. Like I didn't work to be delivered from alcohol. I didn't work to be delivered from drugs. I tried to work and do, and it never worked. And I surrendered. And I said, I give you my heart, soul, mind, everything. If you want it, you can have it. I don't think you do. There's nothing good in there. That's what I meant it. And he did some stuff. He put a new song in my heart. He put his spirit inside of me with new desires. Amen? But there's still some stuff. And he didn't do all of it all at once. There's still some anger. There's still some hurt. There's some understanding I got to reckon with. Doesn't matter what's happened to you. It says a hot temper still shows great foolishness. I get no loophole. There's no but in that. It just says flat out, you're a fool. Do, do, do we see Jesus act that way? He did flip some tables. He did make a whip and drive some people out. So, I mean, I could try to find a loophole in that. But that was righteousness. That was, they flipped, they, hey, they turned his father's house a house of prayer, and they were keeping people from being able to go in, charging them money. I mean, they were doing some crazy stuff. Oh, that sacrifice isn't pure enough. Take it over here. Bring the other guy's sacrifice that they said wasn't pure enough and charge them double. That was going on. So, yeah, he wasn't cool with that. And it's okay to be angry over injustice. It's okay to be angry over things that aren't right. That's righteous indignation. But you still got to let go of it pretty quick so it doesn't turn into unrighteous anger. Amen. Amen. Point two, don't hold anger in your heart. Let it go quickly. Let it go quickly. How many of us? Anytime you have that opportunity to be angry, there's this little voice. Sometimes it gets a big voice. It says, let it go. Let it go. Sometimes it's your wife's voice. <laughs> Randy Pemberton, the, the, the uh, president of Foursquare, when he heard, we heard his, there was a question one of the, during his interview process. One of the questions was, well, how do you recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit? And this and that, he said, it's very quickly, very true. He said, oftentimes the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like my wife. <laughs> Sometimes the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like your husband. Just saying. Matthew 5.22 out of the Passion says this. But I'm telling you, if you hold anger in your heart toward a fellow believer, you are subject to judgment. And whoever demands demeans and insults a fellow believer is answerable to the congregation. 
And whoever calls down curses upon a fellow believer is in danger of being sent to a fiery hell. If you allow it to take root in your hearts, it will come out of your mouth. See, they use some terms, and it was raka, and basically what they're saying is like, if you call someone an idiot, it means empty-headed. The first section is like empty-minded, empty-headed. Then it goes into a fool, which the Bible says, the fool says, there is no God. So it's godless. You're, you're really, and it's a curse. When you study the word out, the passion has that right about a curse and the new living. Basically, this, is, this would be the curse because let's says, for da, 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 you are subject to judgment. If you call someone, you're in danger of being brought before the court. If you curse someone, you are in, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So this is what I think they're saying in our today's language. When you tell someone to go to hell, how many's heard that? That is the most absolute worst, worst curse you could ever put on somebody. Go to hell. Boy, he says, when you do that, you're in danger of going to hell. How you like grace now? We've got to be real careful about what comes out of this thing. We've got to be real careful about what comes in this thing. If you allow it to take root in your heart, it will come out of your mouth. Raka meant idiot, stupid. It speaks of someone's mind, while you fool speaks to someone's character, godless one. Today, it means go to hell. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. I'm going to read this out of the ESV and the Passion. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Who's he speaking to here? Us. Do not let. That means you have the opportunity and you have the power to not let it. You have to allow this, these things to happen. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. That's a choice. Give no opportunity to the devil. That means you're not giving him an opportunity. That's a choice. In the passion, it says it this way. But don't let the passions of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not for even a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. Amen. Don't let, don't give, don't let, don't give. Amen. We're not powerless. You have to allow him to take advantage of you. You have to open the door so he can come in and, and steal, kill, and destroy. I have to. I have to make that choice to not listen to the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit's always speaking to us. That thing happens. He says, let it go. Walk away. Shut your mouth. But I have a right. You have a right to be stupid. <laughs> Let it go. Amen. How are we going to be able to accomplish these things if we're not submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit? 
You won't. I won't. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let anger control you, not even for one day. Let it go quickly and make it right. Amen? Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 says, or I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 4. Remember, we, we went just last week. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Right from the start. Sin is crouching. It's like a, a, a tiger that's just ready to pounce. And we have the ability to not let it happen. All he had to do was recognize, oh, I messed up. He says, you can go make it right and I will accept you. Why are you so angry? We got to ask ourselves, why are we so angry? We need to get some understanding. Point three. Ooh, I might be able to finish on time. That's the most amen. Oh, I didn't really hear him. I thought I was going to hear a lot of amens. There you go. Thank you, Terry. I can always count on Terry. Point three. We cannot offer pure sacrifices to God without reconciling with our brothers and sisters first. This is what Abel was going to do, or Cain was going to do, is offer a sacrifice. God wasn't going to allow him to bring a sacrifice until he go, went and made it right. He says, I want you to go make this right. You have an opportunity to fix this. But he was unwilling to do it. Reconciliation with our offended brothers and sisters is necessary before we can have reconciliation with our Father. Matthew 5, 23 and 24 in the Passion says, So then if you are presenting a gift before the altar in the temple, and suddenly you, you see these two words, you, you remember a quarrel you have with a fellow believer. Leave your gift right there in front of the altar and go at once to apologize with the one who is offended. Then after you have reconciled, come to the altar and present your gift. This is so important. This must become a part of who we are. This has to be who we are. This has got to be something that is it's not even contemplated. We got to get to where it's, you find out, you hear, it might, not, it might not even be, like how in the world do they ever get offended over that? I did not even mean that. One thing is we, I've learned is we, we view things through our lenses, through our, what we, what we meant. Like, well, I didn't mean anything by that. I didn't mean, like we view everything through that. When, we, when it goes out to people, well, that's not what I meant. That wasn't my heart. That wasn't. But we don't do that when other people do things. It's so quiet. We always do it when it's us. Well, that's not what I meant. I mean, I, I was, this is what I was. When it's them saying it or doing it, we never give that grace. 
What the heck is up with that? What were they thinking? We don't. We don't think, well, you know, they probably didn't even mean anything by it. I'm sure that's not. And then the devil's sitting there going, oh, yeah, they did. Right? Trying to get that seed in the heart. This must be a, become a part of who we are, and we must become encouraged by it. <laughs> we have to be encouraged by this. This passage of Scripture should be encouraging. We get to leave our sacrifice. We get to go make it right so that we can have it right with our Father. You can say, I, that doesn't sound too encouraging. So let me show you why it's encouraging. It is always, an, and I believe this, and, and, I, and some of the pastors in here have heard me say this, when things get a little sideways... I will always say it's an opportunity for healing. It's an opportunity for growth. I don't get too freaked out when someone's got an issue or something's going on. Let's go reconcile it. It is always an opportunity for healing and an opportunity for growth and full restoration. When we will do what, what Jesus has asked us to do, to go to our brothers and make it right, it gives us an opportunity for healing, for growth, and full restoration. It's not always fun. But, but the fruit of it is so worth it. Amen. Amen. Now here's some good news. You have all been called and I have been called by God into this ministry. If you're ever wondering about what ministry God is calling you into, here's one I know for sure he's calling you into. God is calling you into the ministry of reconciliation. He's calling me into the ministry of reconciliation. You might not know what your calling is. I can tell you one of them for sure. It's to be a reconciler. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 20. I'm going to nail you with this one. I'm going to nail me with this one. It's not my thought on this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Woo! Amen. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, yes. no longer counting people's sins against them. Amen. Yay! Amen. This is what we get to do. None of your sins are being counted against you. That's a good day. Right? In turn, we're going to be ministers of reconciliation, which means when someone sins against you, you get to let it go. And you get to let it go quickly because we are ministers of reconciliation. Why? Because we've been reconciled. Amen. Who wants forgiveness? Amen. Who likes to give it? Amen. A lot less hands. That's honest. I, I actually saw a post last night. It broke my heart. It was a girl I went to school with. She said, what the blank is up with you people in forgiveness? They don't deserve it. That is the point. This is some heavy stuff. We have been given a ministry of reconciliation. Doesn't matter if you, you're like, I didn't sign up for that. Doesn't matter. He gave it to you. Amen. But I didn't want it. Don't matter. He gave it to you. It's yours. It's your ministry. Amen. It's my ministry. He signed you up. You're signed up. I wasn't really going to take that class. Well, guess what? You are now. I didn't ask your opinion on it. He said, you have heard it said, Amen. but I say. Good work. Amen. 
If you're going to be a part of a church and a part of a body, if we're going to be a part of this community, we're going to be really good at reconciliation. That's one thing I can guarantee you we're going to be good at. And I'm going to give you lots of opportunity. <laughs> hey, God knows what he's doing. I'm, not, I'm saying that honestly. I'm new. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. I'm going to stub my toe. I'm just letting you know. Some of you are like, believe me, I already saw it. <laughs> hey, well, when you don't make any mistakes, you come throw rocks at me. And when I don't make any mistakes, I'll come throw rocks at you. Right? That's how re reconciliation works. I'm going to need grace. So are you. Amen. We're going to get really good at reconciliation. Amen. Right? It's a beautiful thing. Because it truly is an opportunity to grow. It it's truly an opportunity for healing. Amen. And he wants us healed. He wants us growing. It's so important to him. He says, leave your sacrifice on the altar. Do you understand what that meant at that time? Your sins aren't covered yet. Go make it right with your brother and sister. He says, that's so more important to me than this sacrifice. Because when he goes, the moment, basically, he's saying, the moment you make it right with them, we're good. That's right. How does it look now? Run to reconciliation. Church, let me tell you something. The moment you find out that someone isn't offended with you, the ball is no longer in their court. The ball's in your court. It doesn't matter if you did anything wrong. When you find out someone is offended with you, the ball is in your court. It doesn't matter. You need to go make that right real quick. You need to do everything in your possibility. Sometimes you can't, but that's a real small sometimes. You do everything. Let's meet. Can we talk? Can I buy you lunch? Can I do? It doesn't matter if you did anything wrong or not. This is a mandate from the Lord. There's plenty of times when we did do it right. I just like to say like, you know, it's easier to take the medicine, right? <laughs> The Lord made me learn this lesson so quickly. All right, I'll share it. I got saved in jail. And probably, I don't know, I'd say it was a week or two afterwards. There's this guy on the, um, when there's one TV and there's a bunch of men. So there was this dude watching this. He was a weird dude. Just weird, like a stalker type of dude. And was like on Baywatch or something. It was just like, dude, like you're way too into this. Like, I said, I told him, hey, change the channel. Put something else on. We we're playing cards, and he didn't. So I said, hey, dude, change that channel. He said one of those words that have the symbols. <laughs> you. <laughs> and I didn't have, the Holy Spirit didn't have an opportunity <laughs> to pull back on the reins because my old flesh just did what it did. And I jumped up and wham, just Knocked him across the room and swolled his eye up really big. And it was not good. The devil so instantly, as I look at this dude's eye, he's like, yeah, that's a, being a good Christian. I've been reading my Bible in this, in this cell for a couple weeks. Not really preaching a whole lot. Just, just trying, to, trying to read and grow. And he was just on me. Oh, yeah, you're a good Christian. Yeah, that's how this is going to work. Like, da, 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 da. The Lord didn't say anything about that. This is what he said. Go tell him you're sorry. Go ask him for forgiveness. 
Oh. Oh, my Lord. Ooh. As you, ooh, I can still feel that. We went round and round on that. That was not an easy thing to do. It took a day or two. <laughs> but I finally did, and he looked at me like I was crazy because I felt crazy. I said, please forgive me. I said, I'm trying. I was just being honest. I'm trying to be a Christian, and that wasn't right. Please forgive me. And that did something. I can honestly say from that point forward, I never laid hands on anyone. Still to this day, I haven't physically assaulted anybody. Amen. Which that might not sound like it, but my prior, there was a lot of that. Now, I did break my hand because I lost my temper, but I didn't hit the person. Now, that's been a long, long, long time. But this is something God wants us to do very quickly. Make it right. Make it right. Get it, get it, get it under the blood. Amen. Get it under the blood. Get it behind you. Your daddy does, your daddy loves you. He's happy with you. Even when you do dumb stuff, it's like, come on, let's get this fixed. Come on, come on. It's all right. I can fix that. Don't let pride keep you from being reconciled to your father. That's what I was swallowing a bunch of. You want me to say I'm sorry in front of all these people? Yeah, he didn't get, I, it wasn't a go do it by in the closet. There was no closet. <laughs> go take him out to lunch somewhere. And, no, it was in front of everybody because I smacked him upside his head in front of everybody. So it got humbled in front of everybody. Don't let pride keep you from being reconciled to your father. Amen. Most of us have some, some things with some folks. I can honestly tell you, I can stand here and tell you, every single person that I know of, I can't, I'm not, there's probably a plethora in my past, but the ones that I know of that the Lord has highlighted, be, this was something he like put his finger on before I started here. Pastor Jay can tell you, I, I went through a list of folks. <laughs> but it was awesome. I seriously, it was like, I'm going to make all, I'm going to do everything I can to make all these things right. And it gets easier. It just becomes part of your, who you are. It's like, oh, let's fix it. My wife, she's not here, but she's, she's looking, she's like, how do you do that? Like, how can you let something go so quick? How can you? Practice makes perfect. Amen. Right? When you've done it enough, it just becomes easier. Amen. Just like being a knucklehead. The more you do that, that gets easier. <laughs> I want you guys to ask yourself a question today. Ask yourself this. Today, could I be guilty of murder? That's the title of this message. I didn't bring it up at first because... You might look at this whole thing a little differently. <laughs> See, what Jesus is saying is like, you've heard it said, but I say, if you hold anger in your heart, you're a murderer. Today, could you be guilty of murder? Today, could I be guilty of murder? Yes. James 4, 7, and 8 says this, but he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you, resists you when you're proud. But he continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him. And he will turn and run away from you. I love this wording here. Move your heart closer and closer to God. Move your heart closer and closer to God. 
and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around be turned into mourning and your joy into deep humiliation. Be willing to be made low before the Lord and he will exalt you. Can we humble ourselves today? Please stand with me. Let's pray. Lord, you know our hearts. I don't pretend to know. I know my heart. Kind of. <laughs> you bring more and more things to light in my heart all the time. And Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you, <laughs> you desire us to know you more as we sung. You desire us to move our hearts closer and closer to you. I pray that this morning, Lord, we would align our hearts with your heart. Lord, we would hear what you're saying. Not what we've heard in the past, not what we've heard others say about this issue of anger or unforgiveness or bitterness or jealousy or all the different things that masquerade behind it. Lord, that we would really examine our own lives and our attitudes and see what they are like you say. And I pray that as we do this going forward, Lord, we would be quick super quick to let things go, super quick to reconcile. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you just begin to, to nudge your family, your brother, your sons and daughters, my brothers and sisters. Lord, if there's offenses, Lord, that we would go and make them right. And it would be such a beautiful opportunity for growth, for healing, and for complete and full restoration. You don't halfway restore things. You'll see a lot of people restore a car and it's running around in primer. You fully restore. And that's what you're after, full restoration. God, restore our hearts with yours. Lord, if there be anything in us, Lord, examine our hearts. If we have um, anger, I pray, God, that you would challenge us if it's an old thing, that we would get understanding in that. We would lay on that table and let you do surgery. Cut out that old flesh. And we thank you for your word. It's so powerful. Thank you, Lord, that we can humble ourselves and you will lift us up. <laughs> you won't lift us up until we humble ourselves. And I thank you for that process. It is a great one. <laughs> it teaches us to stop doing some of those behaviors. Holy Spirit, move upon your people. I pray for the courage to be released to go and apply this word that we heard today. The whole purpose of the Sermon on the Mount was that you would teach your people to be doers, not hearers only. To apply this word. The word is powerful when we apply it. So I pray that you give the grace and the courage to apply this message. In the name of Jesus, amen. Man, if you need prayer, you can come up to the front and we'll have some pastors to pray with you. If you don't need any prayer in these areas, you can be dismissed. Have a great day.